Hey folks, welcome back to the GP. Uh, really appreciate you dropping by. And uh, I'm recording this introduction and outro, to be fair. I'm recording this on uh, November 11th, Remembrance Day. And I think it's uh, only fitting to, um, to say thanks to all the amazing veterans and the sacrifice that they have uh, put forward for us. Um, I put a little video on um, my Hunt for Happiness Facebook page and uh, also on my Instagram, the same video, <clears throat> just kind of talking a little bit about it and about how, especially in my profession as a comedian and a guy who um, you know, gets to kind of share his thoughts for a living and also just this podcast, you know, we live in a country where we can do these kind of things and there's not, you know, repercussions from it or persecution from it in some countries. You don't have that freedom to do that, you know, to kind of just speak your mind and and put stuff and ideas out in the world. And uh, that's uh, in large part due to the the uh, the men and women who um, who sacrificed everything to to enable that to happen. So um, any veterans out there listening, thank you so, so much for your service. And for those of you who are family members of uh, those that unfortunately didn't make it home, thank you for your sacrifice and for the sacrifice of uh, of your loved one. It is uh, it is appreciated and it doesn't go unnoticed. So uh, yeah, just want to start off with that. I have just returned from my hometown of Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, this morning. Got an early early flight at 4 a.m. and uh, well, I didn't get up. But I got up at 4 a.m. My flight wasn't at 4. I got up at 4. Got to the airport for about 5. And was on a 5.30 flight, 5.30 or 6 or something. Early rise, a little messed up here now, not going to lie to you. Um, didn't sleep great last night. And then did that and flew in here. Thought I'd try to go back to sleep here in Halifax, but I kind of wasn't sleeping great either. So anyway, hopefully I'll crash later on tonight. So going to do this podcast thing and then hopefully get to the gym and then do some more work. So um, it's back to 22 tomorrow. For our last week before the holiday break, believe it or not, just like that, amazing, amazing, amazing. So one week, put the helmet on, go back to work, and uh, do our thing, and it has flown, flown by. Um, yeah, it was, it's always so nice to get back to, to my hometown, and took a few cool photographs and stuff, and I think it's probably like this for anyone when they go back to the place they grew up, you realize that you really have been a couple different people in your life, you know, like the kid you were when you grew up, up to a certain age, and then there was like you and your teenage years, and, and um, you know, I feel like when I go back there, I just look at, walk down certain streets or drive down certain streets, and <clears throat> the memories just kept flooding back about what, you know, stuff you did and people you were hanging out with and what was important to you back then. It's just amazing to me how, how much you change and you know it's such a gradual thing over time and then it takes something like either going back to your hometown or some other kind of seismic event for you to really realize how far you've come you know and that and how much you've changed as a person in a lot of ways and uh, I kind of had that moment this time when I was home you know just kind of driving around and and uh, just stopping and having some quiet moments like on an, on an old street or whatever and uh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pretty pretty crazy thing. I mean, it's great in a lot of ways, and you think about what's happened, but also you realize, like, man, a lot of time has passed, and so that can make you uh, 
<clears throat> that can make you sad the other way. So it was always, uh, it was really good to get back there. So I, I, uh, I had a great time and hung out with my aunt and went for supper. And I went to a house party. I've been to a house party in Cornerbrook in, I don't know, 20 years, honestly. Like, I don't remember the last time I went to a house party. So that was great, too, and saw some familiar faces. And, um, and yeah, it was it was really, really fun to get back there and, and to, to do all that stuff. So, so yeah. Um, all right. This is part two of my conversation with comedian Peter White. And uh, we talk about a few things. We talk about some premises for some stand-up comedy bits that we think would be good. And um, one of the highlights of this <laughs> this uh, half of the conversation is Peter tells a story that has really kind of become somewhat of urban legend in the Canadian comedy circle. And so if you're a comedian out there, you've probably heard this story. And uh, Peter will tell it from his point of view, which was kind of amazing to hear this story from a couple of different people, but then to hear it from... A person who was actually involved in it is it was really really cool for me so it, it was great that he shared it um no names of course just you know um but it was really cool so it was kind of the kind of the uh, cornerstone of this whole uh this whole conversation and uh yeah and we just talk about his time in the uk as well and and what it was like over there for him and how um how london was a bit of a a tough place to, to make a go of it. But, uh, yeah, um, really good conversation again with Peter and, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy part two with Mr. Peter White. Like, no, you're going back to do that horrible bar gig that you didn't want to do. Like, do you ever have this? Do you ever do one of those things where you're in a horrible bar gig, but your comedy now is on the TV in the background? (laughs) So you're dying watching that time where you had a lot of hope and you really thought it was going to take off. Oh, dude, that's what I was telling comedians like, man. And I think this is like goes, it's fair to say for anything in life, but like, you better love it because yeah. if you think there's some plateau you're going to get to where now suddenly everything's yes and money is endless and like it's not happening. And I found this a lot with people got major festivals. They would go to a major festival. They had that on the radar for such a long time. They finally do it. Then once it happens, there's this letdown for a couple of reasons. One Nothing happened because of nothing it. changes. Nothing changes. Nothing. You went right back to the same gigs you were doing. The money is blown because you've probably been in debt for so long that you're paying off. Like, here you go, mom, or like, yeah. hey, roommate, who I haven't given money to in three exactly. months. Like, whatever it is. So that money, that check of biggest one you've ever seen, that's gone. Which really isn't even that much. Money. Which is not even that much it's money. Really not. And by the way, that'll get played in perpetuity for the rest Forever. of your life. Oh, dude. And the sec- and the other thing is, now there's no goal. Because you had that on the radar for such a long time. Yeah. You accomplished it. Check the box. And what's left? Nothing. There's no goal. There's nothing to replace that with. There's no financial security. And yeah. I've seen a lot of people, once they reach these milestones, when I think back about like people I started with, who like a year later weren't doing comedy anymore. Like totally weird, stepped man. away. You know? I had a, just had a weird year like that. Yeah? I just had a really weird being like, do I keep doing this year? Because you was, I, was it a product of that stuff of kind of checking off some boxes and hitting some goals and then going, oh, there's nothing behind this curtain anyway. It was, like, yeah, well, I just had a, well, I'll through. tell you, I'll tell you. I guess I remember I told the story before, but like I had uh, uh, I had a video that went viral for me from Winnipeg a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it got like 20 some million views. And what was it? Sorry, what was the bit on? It was about uh, uh, homophobia and feminism. Okay. So it was like a really left leaning 
you yeah. know, leading into the machine kind of bit. Yeah, which is, you know, not, that's not why I wrote it. I believe this stuff. Yeah, know, this yeah. Thing. So, okay. anyway, it did really well. And so it was like, okay, well, this might be the moment. You know what I mean? This might be yeah. where something happens. And, you know, I had some deals on the table. And uh, uh, I had a deal for a web series. I won't talk about with who, but, like, I had a deal. Like, the, you know, the money was going to be there. Yeah. So I wrote everything. I pitched a ton of stuff that got rejected for various weird reasons. And then finally settled on something. Then you go, okay, and then write it and got script approval and everything and then just uh for 18 months just oh yeah we're just working out the budget and then every two months it'd be like hey what's going on and it'd be, oh yeah, yeah we're just you know it's the end of the fiscal year so next year it'll be coming and then so just like for a year and a half just waiting for that money to finally get to make something you know what i mean you go yeah. okay i'll finally be able to make something I'm broke. let's do it yeah there's the budget's like a hundred grand i'm gonna get to do something decent do you know what I mean to actually make something yeah and so i just sat on that for like a year and a half and it just disappeared and you go, man, now what? Like, now what? that was the shot. And that window closes. So now what do you do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, to jump back on it oh, is man. weird. Uh, it is so weird. So it's like you take the time. Uh, and I am. Like, I'm back in it. I'm not. I didn't quit. But it was like you think about it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely, dude. Especially because, like, it's, uh, it's a dumb thing to complain about. But, like, I could have a, a decent real job. Do you know I mean I could have a decent real career? Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm the dude who's 20 years in with no other options. No, no, like you I could step into the real world and yeah. 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 And so like it's a, a weird fight of like I really want to do this, but can you do it forever? Dude, it's so man, and there's a lot of stories of that. There's a yeah. lot of stories of comedians who are approached by a network or approached by whoever to produce something and it goes on hold. Like my comedy now sat on the sat on the shelf for three years because really? they started producing another show. So by the time my comedy now aired a lot of those references were dated. <laughs> a lot of like technology had changed so much so that some of the references I was making was kind of like, what? That was like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah, seems yeah. like a decade ago when really yeah. it was only a handful of years ago. Like you can imagine when the iPhone came and internet, like how quickly things advanced. So it was like, and I had a guy, I've told this story before on the podcast, but I had a guy after my comedy now shake my hand at CTV and say, get ready for your life to change. Ugh. Uh, and I drank that Kool-Aid for course. like about a year. I'm of like, cool, this guy knows. And, yeah. you know, and you sit back. And so that's why I try and tell you like new comics, like, dude, like just enjoy the process and, you know, try and be smart with your money, any money that you do make and understand that, you know, so much of it is out of your control. And you, yeah. the beauty of being a comedian is that you do have yeah. full autonomy and you can just say what you want. So that's the freedom at the end of the day. That's always the joy. The other stuff will be gravy, festivals yeah. and TV deals and whatever. If you're lucky enough to get all that, awesome. But at the end of the day, the only thing you control is your own creativity, your own ability to get up and, and make people laugh in a room. That's it. For sure. And even beyond that, like, I mean, things are so cheap to make yourself now. Like, I mean, that's the only real way to do it. The only real way to get a TV show in Canada is to join an existing one yes. or to make something your own that gets successful. Yep. Like any show, like Letter Kenny, all these people, they did it themselves first. Yeah. And then people came calling yeah. and saying, oh, you already made this thing. Can we jump on? Because nobody's throwing money at something that doesn't exist yet. No. Nobody's willing to take In Canada, nobody's willing to take the chance. No. Nobody's even kind of going to give you a shot unless you make it. No. And you're right. I think the positive thing about it is it's never been easier. Even podcasting now is part of the reason why I wanted to do a podcast. I was like, I'd like to just sit down and talk to people that I want to talk to. Yeah. And I just put it out in the world. And whatever it is becoming, it becomes. But I'm not, I don't have some, you know, visions of grandeur about like, well, this is going to be, I'm going to be Joe Rogan. It's like, yeah. no, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's like I mean, that'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Joe Rogan's doing okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. But you know what I mean? Like that, like that can't be the goal. No, it's got to be like, no, I actually enjoy this. If this was work for me and like, you know, it was hard. I'm like, well, why would I choose to do that? I'm like, no, I like talking to interesting people about comedy or other professions that they have. And then 
putting out of the world and whatever it is, it is, you know? Yeah. But I think you're right. Comedy, especially, man, it will break your heart so many times. And I just had this conversation with someone else in another field. Like, you, the amount of resilience you have and the amount of times you're going to have to get back up after being battered and bloodied and because you thought this next thing was going to happen, yeah. it will break, break And you also have heart. to be okay with the fact that it might not ever happen. Yes. This might just be what it is. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You have to enjoy, like you said, enjoy what it is because this might be it. This could be, the, this could be, actually, not only this, this could be the best it ever is. Yeah. Like next week, you'll be praying for last week. You're like, well, for actually, sure. it was way better. I was in a way better place six months, six days ago, you know? Well, I mean, especially in stand up. I mean, stand up could just, as an art, could end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Somebody said, uh, <laughs> I won't say his name in case he doesn't want to be attributed to the quote, but somebody told me uh, the funniest and saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life oh. about comedy. Right. We were just talking about, you know, the clubs are kind of rough right now. And, you, know, you think they're going to come back around? And he goes, uh, no, man, I, I think they're like roller rinks. Like they just, <laughs> they had their time. <laughs> they're just going to slowly decline. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that hit me right in the gut. <laughs> Well, that, like, well, that's why I think it's so important, though, to find your own audience. It like, is. It like is, in man. Halifax right now, if someone was coming through, you don't need to fill the comedy club or like, you know, for multiple nights. You need to find 200 people that want to come see you that are into your thing. Oh, dude, and you do 200 people. That's more than one you ever night. need a club. You know what I'm saying? Like one night. There it is. You control the money side of it, the business side of it, the marketing. So you had to put some money in and risk a little bit. But like the return is so much better as opposed to like, oh, go play a week somewhere, six days or five days or whatever. And there's 12 people one night and 13 another night and 41 night and 100. Like just the business model has changed. And I feel like you don't need everyone in that city to like you. You only need X amount to fill that small room that you want to play one night. And it's hard because we never grew up in that model. We grew up in the club model. Yeah. You know, we grew up in like, oh, there's a weekend and a headliner and an MC. Like, that was the business yeah, that was taught to us. To yeah. And, now, and, and someone good. chooses you and says, yeah. you, Peter, you're now ready to middle. And Peter, you're now <laughs> ready to headline. Like, all that, you were anointed all these things, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, that's one way of doing the business. Another way is like, I'm just going to step out and find my own audience. Just like, like a band doesn't go through a that club circuit of whatever they just yeah, yeah. go like we've got these songs we're gonna go play a show somewhere it's far more independent do you yeah. know what I mean I mean 99 of them fail but, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. but you're I mean I they don't also mean have to, to be buy a... guitars Peter so I mean you know there's a lot of capital up front there drums are not cheap <laughs> and this is it I mean this is a little bit of the dynamic that you and I have is that you're way more positive and optimistic than I am and I'm very negative <laughs> But I've seen you do it, which is the, you know what I mean? So you go, you, okay, it is possible. Yes. But, like, it's, it's hard to do, and it's hard to oh, take no that leap. Like, I've been telling myself for so long, just do it. But, like. I get it. And so it's so impressive when you see guys like you, people do it, and you go, okay, maybe it is possible to do. It's terrifying. I tell you but, this, man, and I, I, I tell this to people, too, and I, because I, I ask myself about it all the time. I'm like, you know, when people say, well, here's what my priorities are, and here what I, here's what I want. And I always say, well. If you looked at your bank account and you looked at your journal of like how you spend your time, if you were just to audit that for a while, like that's what your priorities are. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I looked at my bank account and go, well, where am I spending my money? It's like, well, clearly those are my priorities. And I get it. We all have housing costs and food to buy and all that. But I go, can I put more money into my career business? Like, can I be buying more stuff for social media? Can I put more money into a website? Can I put money down on getting venues and stuff like that? And I went, well, if I, invest more in it then obviously the return it won't always work out and there's times where you don't sell and that's just the nature of touring but i went if i put money back into my business just like a guy who owns a bakery or a small bar like you gotta put money in up front 
the odd thing about comedians is we want everyone to take a risk on us yeah. and put their money into us, but we don't want to put any into ourselves. We think just showing up and look at me, I drove to the gig. It's like, yeah, that's not enough investment in our own career. Like there's gotta be more of it. So I'm like, Hey, how about drinking less and put more? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've always amazed at comics who do that. Like, Hey, do you have a website? Nah. It's like, you got drunk nine times last month. Yeah. You could have had a beautiful website built for half that cost, and that would get you more gigs and more, like, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, but you know already, what a lot of it is, though, man? Like, you know what a lot of it is? And this is maybe just me talking about myself, but no, I think it's ahead. a lot of everybody, is that if you take that chance and then you fail, you feel like that's it. Do you know what I mean? So if I'd never take the shot, I can't say I've I never failed. failed. Right. Do you know what I mean? I so it's it. always there. So it's like, you know what I mean? I, well, I mean, that happens in every walk of life. I think we all know the athlete who was... Oh, you know, yeah. should have made the NHL and whatever. Now he's at the corner of a bar drinking like, yeah, I could have been. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah. all you had to do was go to training camp fit. That's all you yeah, had to all do. Yeah, all you had to do was try. That's all you had to do. Try. Just just go all in and you would have made it. Instead of like, you're watching the game on television right now, you should be on the television. You should yeah. be on the, it's not about talent. At the end of the day, like talent just gets everyone in the same room. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, what price are you going to pay to go through the next door? And but it's scary, man. It's scary. Oh, it's you terrifying. don't want to size yourself up. If you got to size yourself up and fail, you know what I mean? Then you got to live Dude. with that. And I, I'll tell you, it doesn't go away. Like, I'm going to announce tour dates in a couple of weeks. And I've already told people, like, that's the most stressful time for me. Like, you're going to put these dates out in the world. Yeah. You've already put this money into it. Now you got to sell X amount of tickets just to get your money back before you make any profit at all. So it's just like opening up a business. It's like, okay, we put all this money into building it and getting it renoed and all the permits, da da da. Doors open tomorrow, fingers crossed. It's the same vibe. Yeah. It's and then, the same thing. And the thing, too, is then after that, you have to go and write the act. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, yep. there's two, almost two jobs in one. Way. Exactly. Actually... Now you got to do the creative part. You got to do whatever. So it's, it doesn't end. I think, like, you know, it's that motto that's coming up a couple of times, too, is like another level, another devil. It's like, it doesn't end. It's not like, yeah. oh, now all roads are open and you just do whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm sure even Kevin Hart, like, it's okay. Yeah, you're playing all this stuff, but like, he's still got to bring a brand new hour. He just had that accident. You got to recover from that. Like, you're doing movies. Movies do well. Movies fail. Like, yeah. it's always the next thing. It Nobody's doesn't... ever just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. It's been great. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I finished comedy. I yeah. know how I have it all figured out. It's Except like... for uh, Ricky Williams, who just retired to smoke pot and travel for his whole life. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the National Football yeah. League. That guy was like, I'm good. Yeah. You know what? I had a good run and I'm, uh, I'm going to step away now. It's going to be good. I respect that a little bit. You yeah. Know? Well, there is something to be said, like just listening to your own, your own voice and going like, yeah, I'm not really happy doing this anymore. I don't know if enough people do that. They feel like they're kind of trapped in this and this is where they're, they yeah. are. And it's like, wow. well, you can leave. Like, you don't have to do this for the rest of your life. You can change and transition to something else, you know? But I get it. Like, if you've got families and stuff. And you oh, guys, yeah. All of a sudden, other people rely on you. Yeah, it matters. It's got to be. It that matters. It so much tougher. Yeah, definitely. I know guys like us don't think about all that all that often. No. Because it's like, you can just do whatever. I just, right. yeah. There's a freedom to that for sure that right. others aren't afforded. There's a great, uh, are you a Stanhope fan at all? Doug yeah, 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 yeah. He's had a great quote where he goes, uh, I don't have very much money, but every penny of it is disposable. I don't know <laughs> anybody who needs anything. I can blow it all on whatever dumb thing I need. That's amazing. Oh, dude, it's, it's kind of what I live by. Like, I don't have, I don't need, it doesn't matter if I'm broke. Yeah. I'm the only person who suffers. Right. It, it affects matter. no one else. Yeah. I feel like. Over the last few years, I feel like I don't need as much stuff as I used to need. Yeah. Like I realize, and I don't know if you got to that point because you've traveled and lived in a bunch of different cities. I'm like, man, some clothes and I got my laptop on my <laughs> phone and I'm like, I'm good. You know, yeah. like I don't need a lot of bells and whistles, which has kind of made it a little bit easier for me. You know, and I don't know if that comes from, you know, being on the road for years and hotels and just pack up and go. But I realized after a period of time, I'm like, I don't need a lot. Yeah, no, no, I've kind of always been that way. I'm not an owning things guy. Right. I don't, 
Like, I don't like clothes because, same thing with the face blindness. I'm not a visual guy. Right. So I don't understand fashion. I don't know how to dress. Yeah, so I like need to wear something nothing. and that's it. Yeah. yeah, I wear the same thing every day. Yeah. I just have different versions of this. My entire yeah. thing is just full of this. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, like, own a, a furniture in a house, like, makes me anxious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it is the road thing of hoping that I'm going to get to the next level where I'm going to have to go on the road. I'm going to have to move somewhere. I don't yeah. want to own stuff and be. It's a stress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill Burr had that adage, and I think about it all the time, and I think this kind of shaped my thoughts on it. He goes, uh, he's like, you realize the bike you had when you were 10 is somewhere. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, yeah. Just because you don't own it anymore, it didn't just disappear. Like, it's on the planet. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's right. Like, how much stuff do I need to own? Like, yeah. how much stuff do I need to possess? And it's like everything you've ever had or owned is somewhere in the world. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I need a lot. I don't want to be buying more stuff and bringing more stuff into my life, you know? Like, so I feel like now I just, uh, I don't, I'm not a minimalist there by any means, but I'm also like, I don't need that. You're going to buy a bigger place. In that bigger place, you're going to need more stuff. Yeah. You buy that stuff, then that stuff gets outdated. Now you need newer stuff. It's like, when does it end? When are we done with uh, the stuff? See, it's great being poor. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. No, you don't need any. Hey, we need new stuff. Well, we don't have any money, so we're just going <laughs> to stick with this stuff. Well, that was so. a decision. Good. That <laughs> was really over, right? Well, it's like living in a small town, you know? Like, you know, remember the days of the Sears catalog and stuff, you know? Where oh, it was yeah. like, you go to a small store, it was like, we have two couches. There's a blue one and a black one. Like, that was it. That's There's right. No Steve's one. already got the black one. So yeah, you can have the blue that's one. That's already well. called for. So the blue one is yours. <laughs> You're like, well, I guess we got a new couch and it's blue. Like, yeah. All this choice is not necessarily a good thing, I think. It just adds more stress to people. Like, what oh, what one should I get? And him and Han, well, I don't know. And the payment plan for that. It's like, your other oh, couch is fine, by the way. The one you sit on currently right. is fine. At the same time, sads, life is sad and empty, so new things. Let's give it a little spike at Buying something new. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let's get some. Uh, Sometimes you just need a spike of dopamine, <laughs> and buying something sparkly will do that for you. So. And then the credit card company calls. Hey, hello. You haven't made a payment on that new couch you purchased. Yeah, but then you get to feel something the other way too. Like it just moves the needle. The pendulum, you know I mean? yeah, it swings both you ways. You need to feel something. <laughs> Nobody likes it in the middle. You know what I mean? It's too boring in the middle. So true. So true. It's just, I've been trying to do this as a bit, so I feel bad saying it, but it's the only thing that I've been thinking lately. It's just like, it's, you know what I mean? It's not that life's bad. It's just that it's every goddamn day. That's funny, so, dude. You That's wake up premise. every day and you got to do it. Yeah. I got to figure out what to eat again for the millionth time. So I'm funny. sick of everything. I don't want to, I got to, and then like, even if you get your, like your needs covered, then you have to be like, oh, all the stuff means going to make me die soon. And I'm not learning enough i'm not calling my mother like there's you can never be doing it right right you're always feel like you're dropping a ball and not doing it and right. you are yes because there's too many things to do you can't do all of them oh it's a funny premise it's you know I mean? so funny even joe rogan is doing it i haven't done it yet i haven't uh, oh you should take it i just haven't been doing enough shows you know what i mean you should yeah that is a funny funny I'm premise i think everybody can relate to that regardless of who you are you feel like man i still don't like you're right that's the other thing too like how many repetitions of this do i need yeah. like this is day whatever it would be in your exactly. life <laughs> you're like and i am no further ahead I still do yeah. not. It's I not like this day sucks, but doing this day a thousand times sucks. sucks. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Work doesn't suck, but doing work every day sucks. And also, if you think, you know, we, we all like to think we're intelligent and we learn from our mistakes. It's like, but we, like, life clearly proves we don't. Oh, like, I've done this same thing wrong a million times since I've yeah. been alive. Well, you're just a little meat sack living off trying to, you know what I mean? Your whole decisions are made on trying to live, but you don't understand them because we're smarter than we are ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird. That's such a good premise, dude. It's a weird amount of knowledge without really getting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and the thing that kills me, this isn't a bit anymore, but this is just the thing that kills me about everyday life, is that like we focus so much, like life's so hard that you have to focus so much on just staying alive and trying to be happy. 
that you spend no time thinking about the fact that we don't have a clue what any of this is. Do you know what I mean? Like space right. goes on forever and we don't know any of it. And we, you know, clearly there's something wrong about what we think about God, but it's clearly a little bit different than we think and everything is weird, but you don't have time to even think about that. No, because you're trying to deal with the day to day. Because yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. I can't think about what the hell happens after I die because the clothes are dirty and I got to wash them. That's so true. That's why I look at people who live in, live in poverty, right? Like if you're just trying to basically find food every day and stay alive and figure out where you're going to sleep, there's no planning. There's no. no time to think about two weeks from now. You're like, I haven't eaten in three days. I got to figure out food today. Yeah. And I think those are people who are wealthy sometimes don't understand like, oh, you just, you plan for this and I invest in this and that uh, compound interest. It's like the person who's looking through a dumpster for food just so they can stay alive doesn't have time to think about two weeks from now or five years or in 15 years when I, that, that's, that's day to day in their face now. It's like, it's as primal as it gets, you know? Oh, for sure, man. That's why the, the, they talk about that cycle, right? Like you just stay poor because if you are poor, I mean, you can just barely afford to eat. So yes. you can't afford to do, oh, I can't afford to do tooth care right now because right. I just have to afford to eat. Yep. Oh, well then now two years from now, oh, my teeth are falling out. I right. can't afford to take care of that now because I couldn't afford to deal with the, you know, the early stuff. Yep. It's well, the, I remember too, when I was growing up, like, you know, my family didn't come from money at all either. So like, you know, ha money was like, First of all, it was a source of stress because there was never enough of it. So if anything um, out of the blue happened, like, you know, your roof needed to be fixed or something, it was like, oh, like, you know, yeah. there just wasn't excess money laying around. So, you know, when I heard someone, that's a premise I want to take on stage is talking about, you know, I just thought that if someone owned a house and they didn't live in it, like they, they were a landlord, they rented it out, I thought that person's rich. Yeah. They have to be rich. They own two homes, one they don't <laughs> even live in. Yeah. So I, when I was in university living in homes, I was like, this guy's loaded. Like, I'm like, my damage deposit literally is a deposit for me to do damage. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what does this guy care? He's loaded. Like, I just thought that. because I'm, I'm like, paying for the damage. I've I'm already prepaid for the damage. I'm going to give you at least a thousand bucks worth of damage. I can guarantee that. And I'm willing to pay more. I'm willing to put that another 500 if I can throw this television right in through that window. Like, it was just like, I had no respect because I was like, I came from nothing, and I'm like, look at this guy with his, oh, he's got another property that he yeah. owns. I just had this notion, and because where I, in my family, it was like, money was like, man, you just hold on to it tight enough. There was no investing money. There was yeah. no, you know, plans of like, again, compound interest or how RSPs work. It was just like, look, we have a little bit left over, and hopefully that'll get us through whatever. Like, you always lived in that fear, and you're ready to change. You think that way then as you get older, too. You think like that's that's how the world is. And you realize people who have money, that's not how they think at all. They're like, I oh, can take this nuts. little bit and make it make more for me. Yeah. Whereas we're like, just let it sit in the bank and then don't touch it. And then we'll go in yeah. there if we need it for, <laughs> Oh buddy, I'm still that kind of broke where I, if I have any money, I'll like just leave it in the bank and then look at it every now and again. I'll yeah. just take out my app. Be I'm like, doing oh, good. Hey, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing okay all right. Every yeah, time yeah. I'm stressed out. Like oh, that's man. enough for at least a month or two. So yeah. And that's why I tell okay. people too, like, you know, go see comedians, go see that band that's, is new. Go see the comedian who you said you've always wanted to come see on social media. And then when they show up to your town, you don't go, <laughs> go see that person. Yeah. You know, like I love that too. When you post, Hey, I'm coming to whatever. And then people <laughs> write on your social media. Oh, that's the worst time for me. We're going to the cabin this weekend. It's like, Sorry. you've been <laughs> after me for three years to come to your town. And then I'm coming. It's like, and by the way, don't post that on my wall. I don't want you people to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so everyone knows I'm not going yeah. to. That could have been a thought. That didn't yeah. need to be a. You could have put down a grocery list somewhere or something. Dude, that is the worst part of Facebook, hey? Now you just see everybody's thoughts. I liked it better when I didn't know what people were thinking. Yes. Turns out I hate what everybody's thinking. That's another premise I thought of the other day was, 
I find you and I have a lot of parallel thoughts. Yeah. Uh, is uh, we're like a yeah, we have a similar, we have a slightly different take on everything. Though. Yes, I've always been jealous of you. Take a much more <laughs> likable <laughs> approach to everything. Well, because my I think my pro- thought process is this: back in the day, there were only there was only one person who knew better than you, two people that knew better than you. It was your folks and your teachers. That was it. That was yeah. the only opinions that they would tell you what was right and wrong, and that was it. Now you're bombarded twenty four seven with people giving you their opinion. About, I've always felt people are entitled to their opinion, but not everyone should have to be able to share that opinion. Like yeah. that opinion needs to be informed. You need to have some. Like if someone asked me about space exploration, I don't get to have an opinion about that because I don't know anything about it. But yeah. we live in a world now where it's like, well, here's what I think about NASA. It's like you don't know shit about NASA. You don't get to just fire your mouth off about it. Like it's impressive, like, man. It's impressive. But you, the thing is now, whatever dumb thing you spout off, you're gonna find a thousand people who agree with you. Yes. So you find a so. community that validates. The yeah. ridiculously uninformed opinion that you have, because they are also in the same. <laughs> it's incredible, but I mean, everybody does it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Like I, my Facebook's like a left-hand, you know, left-leaning yes. cesspool of self. You know what I mean? Where everybody's oh, like, okay. "How did Doug Ford win?" I'm like, "Well, there's a million people who aren't you." Yes. That you guys all erased from your Facebook. You know how you don't That's like right. spicy food? There's yeah. other people who also don't like spicy food. And it is weird. It is weird to think that other people think differently. Like that's a weird thing to wrap your head around that people don't see things the same way you do. And me. and that they believe it with the same conviction that you don't believe it. Yeah. Like, and maybe they're right. That's the thing that's that the kills thing. You me. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. That's what We all think me. we're right. Everybody's so confident they're right. Yeah. You just don't see it my way. I, that's another bit I want to take on stage is about sushi. Anyone who likes sushi can't believe you don't like sushi. I don't like sushi. Yeah. I don't like it either. Okay. So when I tell yeah. people, like, they go, hey, we're going to go for sushi. I go, ah, I'm not really a sushi fan. They go, well, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, well, I just don't like it. They go, well, where'd you have it? Ugh. Well, I was at a place called Globefish in Calgary. Oh, no, no, no. You got to come with me to this place. Like, have you ever accepted that maybe I just don't like sushi? Like, they, oh, they can't. Like, You're if I told my you. language now. Yeah, like, if I told you, like, if someone said to me, I don't like pizza, I don't, I just go, okay. Like, I don't, it's not up to me yeah. <laughs> to go, well, wait a second. Let's, let's, let's unpack this. Like, let yeah. me, oh, you haven't come with me for you to get pizza. It's like, Seriously. just accept it. I eat like a 12 year old, so I get that constantly. <laughs> like, I don't even eat pasta. That's okay, you're like, that's fantastic. The texture of it just grosses me out. Not a fan. I okay. can't do it so constantly. So my roommate plays a little game where he'll just, anytime he thinks of something, he'll just ask me <laughs> to be like, do you like uh, Gouda? Do you, you do like Gouda? <laughs> no, you know I don't like Gouda. Where'd you have it? Where'd you have it? Oh, no, dude. That's not where you it's get Gouda. Theory. Tomorrow we're going to go for Gouda. I'm going to yeah. pick you up. We're going to go for Gouda. It's a great Gouda place. You're like, no, I just I like don't it. like Gouda. I, I will tell you the one thing, though, that's nice about being the negative guy as opposed to the positive guy. Uh, you learn how to give a hard no. And people just take just it. Just take it. They're just, just like, no, Peter's not going to eat pasta, yeah. and he's definitely not going to eat pasta with Gouda on. <laughs> no, that, that guy's way. not fun. He's not doing whatever we're going to do. <laughs> hey, you want to do the flash mob? No. All right. Cool. All right. We asked. We tried to include him. He's declined. Dude, I went to a wedding of my buddies a couple years ago, and they did a flash mob, and it was just the bridegroom and me were the only people not involved. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't anybody tell me? And they're like, we just thought you'd talk people out of it. So we didn't, <laughs> didn't involve you. We kept you at a distance. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a very good call. I would not have done this. This looks dumb. Oh, that's so funny. So funny. Okay, <laughs> so you get here. You're in Canada. You're doing your thing. You're gigging, playing gigs. You make the jump across to England. What is going on that brings you to the UK? What was what was happening that? And what was that experience like? Well, was, I mean, the same thing we were talking about, where it's like you look... 20 30 years out in Canada you go how am I gonna be alive yeah doing comedy (laughs) so the visa to England if you're under 30 is substantially easier to get than the visa to the states Mm -hmm. and you make I mean you make money there I made way more money there than I'd make here 
Right. Like substan- just from gigging, I would make substantially like people still go t- to live comedy there more. Yeah. So like I would work almost every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Crazy. So like every week you work. And and it was cool because like, uh, you know, that's how I got to see the rest of the world. They book the rest of the world out of England. Right. So like they book you all through Europe and they all through the Middle East and they book. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but they do Asia and Australia out of England. Amazing. So like you can really get to see some stuff. So it was uh, but like life was tough. Yeah. Like, like quality of life in London is real bad. Like you're living in a shoebox. Uh, like our, we had lived in a basement bachelor apartment, like just a not even a one bedroom. That was 1,250 pounds a month, wow. which is like 2,500 for like this leaky, moldy basement. And like, yeah. I would never be able to make enough to live great. Do you know what I mean? Unless mm-hmm. you get on TV and they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm not the guy they're going to put on TV over there. Right. So kind of why I came back. You just learned that. Do you know what There's I mean? a ceiling here too. And it's kind of. Yeah. They're looking for young, skinny British dudes or like someone interesting kind of character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the weird thing. about just being the, like a, the most generic dude. <laughs> I mean, there's a thousand people who are doing that and How doing do it better. How do you stand out being that dude? Yeah, you got to find a way to be something different. Yeah. And I'm just learning that now, like way too late. <laughs> but again, it See? gets back to that whole thing of like, we never have it figured out. Like yeah. you, you're you constantly learning, taking in information and like, oh, okay, that doesn't work there. You know, it yeah. doesn't end. Yeah, because I mean, the landscape's changing too the whole time, right? Like, I mean, it's still like what you have to do to be successful is different than what you had to do to be successful. Yes. Say, I say, having never been successful. Listen, I'll tell you how to do it, Trent. No, no, but but here's the other thing. I I've always said this too. There's comedians out there who would trade trade with you in a second for what you've accomplished, what you've done, shows you've done, the experience you have. You're just someone right now who wants to headline Yuck Yucks in Halifax and they can't do it. Do you think that's the thing, man? I think about that a lot. Like, yeah, you can be ahead of ninety nine percent of people and still be like, I still feel like you're you're in front of no one. Yeah. You know, so I think it's always perspective. I agree. Like we always, we always feel that way, but uh, it never ends. And that's what I mean. Like, unless you're loving the journey of it, it's like, why else would you do it? Like, there's oh, man. no, when I hear somebody quit, I'm like, good for you. Yeah. You got out. Good it's for like, you. Go who was, did life. you ever hear that story, dude, with the comedian? He was, went up on stage. You might know who it is. Maybe this will ring a bell. And he said, he walked in on stage and he said, like, there was uh, two young girls in the front row, and they had their feet up on the stage, and one of them had their phone out. And he literally went, yeah, I can't do this. And just <laughs> walked off stage. And I went, dude, the, the, the... <laughs> I was like, I understand that. Yeah, I totally, like, 100%. based on how beaten down that guy's been in his career, over his life, getting older. He's looking at those two young girls. He's like, this is the future yeah. of audiences. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. This is the feet on the stage too is a complete disrespect yeah. of, the, of the platform and what I'm about to do. And the phone of like, I'm also going to sit in the front and not even pay attention. And I can see how you go. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, this isn't fun anymore. That's it for me. Thanks. Can I ask you this? Sure. Because uh, you're now, I would imagine mostly playing to your audience now. I think so. I mean, I, that's the other thing too. I think, there's still a, there's still millions and millions of people in Canada who don't know who I am. Well, you're not playing the Air Canada Center yet. No, but the room you go to has people who've come to see you. Mostly, yeah. It's not like oh, we're just coming to see comedy yeah, tonight. It's not it's like like we know who you are a little bit, so, or someone's told them. What was that transition like? That those shows must be more fun now. Yes, it must be. Like you don't do that ten minutes of proving that you're good at no. the top. You still want to do obviously, you know, you're you're coming, and I still build every show the same. Where it's like you still want to build trust off the top. Of and course, like, this show is going to be good. But it is different. It is different when people are like, no, we already kind of know your vibe. We already yeah. kind of know what you do. You We're must here get the benefit be of the doubt a little yeah. bit. 
You oh, definitely no. do. Which I also feel is great in a way because it also encourages me to do newer stuff because I'll be like, well, you already kind of get the gist of who I am anyway in my style. So I might, the day of the show, I'm out around and whatever. And I'm like, I'll just take that on stage tonight and talk about it. Whereas before it would have nice. been like, everything's got to be so scripted. Now I'm like, no, I think they already trust who I am and my take on something. So just take it. So it, it, it allows itself to build more material. It's it's way more fun, man. Yeah, it must be. You could try stuff. You know what I mean? You could actually yeah. do some more high concept stuff and take some chances. And you also and... get to work with people you want to work with. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're not oh, thrown in a car with someone <laughs> oh, you're like, man. really? Death metal for uh, five hours? Uh, let me tell you about the world. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Peter, I was listening to your act last night, and I took some notes. Dude. And uh, here's that. Do you ever this? I, I told this story. I won't say who it is. I've told the story enough that other people tell this story now. Do you ever have someone put on their own CD? In I the have car? heard this story about <laughs> you, but I want you to share it. Did you want you uh, share it? I've not shared it, and we don't have to mention the name. I but won't say who it is. Share, share with our listeners. So uh, I'm, I'm probably a year and a half into college. I, can I, I'm going to start something first. Okay. I just want to preface it, give it a frame. As a comedian, quite often... You spend a lot of time in cars with other comedians. Sometimes you know them. Sometimes you don't know them. Sometimes you just go pick them up at an airport, pick them up at a hotel, at their house. You get in a car, and you could be in that car with that guy for nine days. Now, you're just, that's who, that, you are partners for the next nine days. Sometimes it's great. You become new best friends, and you're like, oh, my God. We said, Sometimes you don't get along, and you realize sometimes. that five minutes in, you're like, oh, my God. I made a <laughs> <laughs> And you can't sleep. Like you're not allowed to go to sleep. You're not allowed to. You right. have to be there. You, you gotta be. To be yeah, you're team. the co-pilot, man. This is a team here right now. It's like a bad cop movie where it's like you're two partners. <laughs> All right, the captain says uh, I'm stuck with the rookie. <laughs> That's it too, because it's always a guy who's two days away from retirement. <laughs> exactly. And some he's grizzled. Kid. He's angry. <laughs> You're like, hey, isn't this great? <laughs> Everything sucks and you suck. Let me tell you something, kid. You're going to carry my bags into the hotel. What? Oh, God. Okay, so anyway, this, that's so, the framework. So now, I want to do these spells. And I don't mind this guy. He's not a bad guy. Right. He's been good to me and nice to me, but this is just <laughs> the worst. And people don't know, I guess, this comedy. Like, it's, it's, it's super weird to listen to your own stuff. Yes. It's not weird to listen to your own stuff. It's weird to listen to your own stuff with other people around. Oh, it's horrible. It's very good to listen to your own stuff and get better. But to, So I'm driving this guy. He's paying me. He's paying. It's not a, someone else's gig. It's his gig. Okay. So he's paying me. So I've got to be super nice to him. And he's making me drive, which is fine. I'm yeah. the opener. I'm the driver. Right. It's fine. So uh, we're doing Newfoundland. Uh, March. And being from Newfoundland, you know that March is not a good time to be in Newfoundland. Oh, could be very nasty. Very nasty. 60 centimeters of snow that day. <sighs> Gig canceled. Like, no tickets sold. Gigs, gigs yeah, canceled. Yeah, it's not happening. So we're going to the next gig. Next gig's in Gander. We're driving from, I want to say Clarenville, maybe, to okay. Gander or something. Like a decent trek. Yeah, like, it's a couple four, hours. Yeah, probably three, four hours. Middle of the snowstorm. So I'm white knuckle. Like, I'm just trying to not die. We're in a van. We got a couple other acts in the back. I'm just trying to not die. And it's tense. Like, it's really uncomfortable. So I guess to loosen the whatever, he just pulls out his own CD and puts in his own CD, which is bad. But what was, like... Every time he'd tell a joke on the CD, him in the car would laugh. He'd be like, "Ha!" Yeah, and then he'd look at me, and I'd have to laugh along with it. So for an hour, it was just me laughing at the jokes I've heard every night on the tour. Yeah, the same, the same stuff. He did this one thing. This is this is too mean, but it's just it, it made me. It was my favorite part of the whole thing. Every single show, and it, listen, it wasn't a successful tour, right? It wasn't, uh, we didn't do so. great numbers. Yeah. It was March in Newfoundland. We did the Arts and Culture Center kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, the turnout wasn't great. It was rough. But uh, after every set, I was emceeing, after every set, uh, he'd close up and I'd go on to say goodnight. And he'd shake my hand 
and uh, he'd whisper in my ear, he'd go, if it's there, like for an encore, he'd be like, if it's there, don't force it, <laughs> but if it's there, and spoiler alert, it wasn't there. It was there. never there. It was there. not, there was it zero It was never going to be there. Not even. It had left there a long time People ago. People were walking out. People <laughs> were on their way Your car starting up. <laughs> I just couldn't it's imagine. out there. Saying that to somebody. If it's there. If it's there. So if it's there, don't. I know you want to force it. I know you think that it should happen. Respect it. And it took me three shows to figure out what he meant. Because <laughs> the first three shows, I was like, if it's there, what the what hell talking is about? Are you talking about pizzas? Are we ordering pizza? <laughs> If it's if there. there, it's never been there. No. It's not there. And if it's there, I'll take you up. Like, I know how this works. I know. Yeah, I... like we're. If they don't stop applauding, I'll bring you back. But they're probably good. I'm going to make the judgment call. Everybody's cool. You know what? You put, <laughs> you put that responsibility in my capable hands, and I will make the right call at the moment. <laughs> don't Imagine you worry. bringing somebody back out to not an encore. If it's there. Oh, dude, I saw a guy call his own encore once. What do you mean? Okay, I don't think he'd mind me saying it. It was uh, Manolas. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. With Manolas. <laughs> who, if you don't want to know Manolas, he's a 50-year-old, He's, come, he's come up two weeks in a row on the podcast. Mace Galoni was on last oh, week. So, Mace yeah, Manolas. so they're best buds. Sure. Yeah. I love Manolas. He's yep. one of my favorite dudes. But we were, he was closing the uh, Yucks here at Halifax. Right. And he's doing really well. He's having a really good set. And he's getting to the end of the set. He got the light. And he's like, yeah, I got the light. You know, it's time to go. But, uh, what do you think? You guys want another 10, 15 minutes? And they all went, yeah. And then he died. <laughs> For 10 or 15 minutes. No he way. Just, he did all this good stuff. He was out of material. <laughs> so then he just <laughs> muddled through another 10 minutes and got off awkwardly. Uh, if he had just it. left, he would have been the best show. Would have been carried out of there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, it made me laugh so, so funny. It is, man. It's an amazing profession. And, like, the stories of... Cause that story you told about the the CD in the car, like yeah. that has that's urban legend, right? Like that oh, yeah. has gone around the people country. have told it to me. He, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. the level of it, dude. Like, did, have I heard it? I lived. <laughs> <laughs> but now you get to hear everybody else's story of somebody putting in their own CD. Oh yeah, it turns yeah. Out it happens a lot. And also, uh, I'm sure people have embellished the story and added, you know, oh, added yeah. stuff to it. It's like so. Apparently, yeah. So they're driving through New York State, and uh, it's they got a, him like the guy in Clockwork Orange with his eyes little open. He's making him watch his DVD. <laughs> they're on a motorcycle, right? They're both got <laughs> headphones in, and uh, as he's doing wheelies, this dude's doing wheelies now. <laughs> Listen to his comedy special. <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that too, because like now I'm trying to get into the habit of recording sets and listening back, and it's just so hard to do. Oh, it's and when you man. first start stand up, like I couldn't watch myself enough. I would really? record sets. Yeah, I recorded sets and I was like, if it went well, I was like, man, I'm gonna watch that again and again, like whatever. Oh, it wow. was before social media, but I was like, I don't know, you're just getting high on your own supply, I guess. I was like, whatever. <laughs> then you do that exact same set the next week and you had those laughs in your head. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, son, that was a completely different audience. Like so then I stopped watching all of it. But watching your own stuff around other people, I've had people do that, put my stuff Ooh. on in front oh, of me. Yeah. I'm like, please no, don't no, do no. that. They're no, like, no. no, we're all going to support. I go, I get you're trying to be supportive. I don't want to be there while you're watching my stuff. Yeah. Like, you're going to say nice things and it's going to be very uncomfortable oh, or you're going to not laugh and it's going to be way worse. It is tense. And I don't yeah. think they realize till it starts that they're tense now. Yeah, they're like, oh, course. the guy who we're watching is right next to us. And now they're not even Ugh. thinking about the material. They're thinking about my reaction to them, their reaction. Uh. It's just horrible. But people think it's... No, let's get to throw that on. Let's get it. Let's put on your so thing. So uncomfortable, man. Please don't ever, ever do that again. I can't watch myself at the best of times, man. I just can't. <sighs> I remember when my comedy now came out, I remember turning it on on mute just to verify that I was on TV. Just to see it. And I was like, all right, I'm there. And then turned it off. Yeah. Because like, I'm never as funny as I think I am. 
And also do when those things air, like that same bit now, you've probably dumped it or you've added six more minutes to it and it's bigger, but nah, now you're seeing it at its thinnest <laughs> and you're like, really? That was it? Gophers? That's what I chose? Gophers? Still doing the same shit. Oh. My snack's still the exact same as comedy now. You don't even bother comedy. Just watch the comedy now. I'm just older and fatter and balder. <laughs> Who had that? Somebody had that. At that very bar in Lethbridge, I think it was. Someone got mad at the comic afterwards because they said they accused him of stealing an act that they had seen on television. <laughs> he yeah, goes, was them. word for word. He's like, dude, you, that, I don't think you're going to come over here and fool us. Wow. That, that, you stole it off a guy on TV. And he's like, yeah, that was me. And the guy couldn't comprehend that someone from television was playing yeah. this bar. And he's kind of right. He's kind of right. He is like, right. That's how it works like, in other countries. I but. appreciate, sir, your uh, enthusiasm about my career, but I am indeed playing here tonight. And, oh, you know, dude. the optics of it was just mind-blowing to this person who just watched it. It That's, was so uh, amazing. The thing that's so weird to explain to people in England. It's like in England, if you get on TV a few times, you're famous. Yeah, you made it. Yeah, because they watch their TV. Yeah. It's tried to explain to them that nobody watches Canadian TV. Yeah, yeah. To be like, I, you know, I'll send somebody like 10 TV clips. And they're like, man, you must be famous. And be like, not even. Not even. even kind walk of. Walk down the street here and no <laughs> one cares. I'm not even saying I'm not to be modest. Like, yeah. It, there's no inkling of fame. Do you know what I mean, there's was, not even. What was like the, the intro last night that I got? He's like, <laughs> yeah, probably no. Anyway, here he is. It's like, what is happening? Like, he hasn't even come close to saying your name right. <laughs> In three and attempts. He's, and he's known it for a decade. For a decade. <laughs> and it's not like he's from somewhere. He's from Newfoundland. From my home province. Not even kind of close. I don't have the heart to tell him, but it's not even. Well, it's going to be. Well, you won't figure it out this week. I'll tell you that much because I'm not there tonight. So <laughs> oh, no, you're not there tonight? Uh, no, I got a, I got a thing I had to do outside of town, but uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, well, it's funny. I was talking to Mace about this last week. I'm like, part of the problem, too, in Canada is that, like, how many times have you gone to a place where they had the wrong name on the sign or oh, yeah. uh, your name is spelled wrong? And I'm like, you know, you're trying to get name recognition in this country, and it's like, it's really hard when Peter White is spelled 75 different ways or yeah. you're Carl White some shows. Or <laughs> it's like they've got White spelled with a Y. You're oh, like, I've been Peter Anthony so many times. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Anthony Peter? I'll be Because Peter Anthony's from the same town, and we look kind of similar. Oh, hilarious. So I, I get that, that a lot. I get introduced to, like that a lot at the downtown club. Really? Pete Anthony. Like, yeah, not even. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but not, not really. Not really. <laughs> it's like uh, one of the many hurdles uh, that we, uh, we yeah. encounter here. Well, it doesn't matter because the audience isn't remembering anyway. Well, yeah, they like, won't know. Even if it was spelled right on your shirt, it's like they were like, yeah, we saw some guy. He was really good. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it was a lot of stuff about yeah. life every day or something. And uh, Anyway, really good. I love that uh, after shows, people would be up and be like, you were the guy with the gopher joke. And you'd be like, nah. No, it wasn't kinda. me at all. No, that really was the were. young Asian fella that was on it. It looked nothing like me. Yeah. <laughs> Not even you were our favorite. That gopher joke was like, <laughs> and so you just, you don't even correct them. You're just like, thanks yeah. for coming. Just, <laughs> don't even let them, don't even, you just let them leave uh, thinking that. I'm the worst at talking to people afterwards, man. I try not to talk to anybody. Oh, I kind of, yeah, the other night I noticed you just stayed in the back corner there. You're like, I'm not going up. I lose fun. fans by talking to them afterwards. I don't need to be. You give them some U time, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we were going to buy your merch, but I don't think that's... Uh, Turns out that guy's an asshole. I don't... He's funny, but I don't know. He, he seemed was, angry at us. I don't know why he was so angry at us. We really enjoyed him. I don't know how to do that small talk stuff. I'm just bad at it. Oh, man. it's Yeah, it's... Uh, I find I just have... I'm fine with talking to people, but I have less and less time for super drunk people. Like oh, that tolerance yes. of... Maybe it's because I drink less now and I pick my spots more, but like this guy who's yelling in your face and yeah. they're all physical with you. I'm like, yeah, I don't really need 
that eh, so much or they want to tell you jokes oh, you know that's that they're like, always hey, racist here's one it's like is it is it though is I had it? a cab driver legit turn around to us once when he found out we were comedians and be like, you guys want to hear some racist jokes or what? No way. Be like, or what? I want or what? I'll, I'll go whatever or what. what? I'll go with your work. Can you turn the radio up? That'd be great. Actually, we'll get out of here. All right, listen, I'll listen to your joke, but it better be really good. <laughs> it better be a really unique racist joke. He sticks in his own special. <laughs> Man, you got to give it to him. That guy's real racist, but he's good. But he's got a special. He's got a CD. Good. He put it out there. He's like, I got <laughs> Slides it in. Hey, check this out. Like, what? This guy. Who professionally recorded all your racist jokes? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just went to a, a small bar and... <laughs> It's got Tom Papa opening. What the hell? I can hear pool balls breaking in the back. <laughs> oh, those are the worst one. You got a gig in a Dooley's. Oh, okay. dude. And they're like, well, I go, like, you're going to shut down the pool tables, right? It's like, well, no, those guys come here every week. Okay, so, but there's a comedy show. Well, I mean, they're my regulars. I can't. There's two guys who drink two pints each. Like, you have a room full of people all facing the front for a comedy oh, show. You're like, God. oh, no, it's Carl and Steve. I can't tell the boys. The boys love their pool night. Like. Well, by all means, let's let them smash balls around up there while I'm sitting in a pocket of silence for... Funny. You got to do an hour 10, by the way. Yeah, by the way, the other guy is not. Whatever. I'll bring you right up there. Anyway, uh, this guy uh, is a comedian there. On, uh... <laughs> anyway, also, don't forget, we got pitchers on special right now. <laughs> like, what am I part of right now? Hockey Just games shout is... out if you want someone to come over to the table. Don't put your hand up. We don't got a system like that. <laughs> Hockey games are on big screens all around. You're like, I am the last resort here tonight. I'm just an option here. Funny. You know? Those are, man, I, I've had more of those in Alberta, I think, than I've had anywhere else, where you just get there and you go, oh, I'm here so that you guys can stay open two hours later. Yeah, we have to pay. And sell booze. Yeah, we, uh, we keep her going there. We're going to bring you on around 11. Yeah. And 11? What, why would I go? Yeah, well, let's, yeah. we're still waiting for some people to show up here or whatever. And, oh, uh, dude, I had one of those in New Brunswick. It's like that. We got there at 8, and they're like, we're just going to hold out and see if more people come. And it starts at 10, and it's the same people in the audience. So now it's the same number of people, but they're all mad because they've been Tired and angry, yeah. You're already minus 5 because they're like, we showed up at the showtime, yeah. and it's two hours later. I have a sitter. <laughs> I have to get home. This cost me 40 extra dollars. <laughs> I don't even like the wings here. <laughs> like, oh, God. All right, who's ready to start this comedy show? Oh, God. No one. No one's ready. All right, dude. I'm going to wrap this up, but I have a question that I've asked all the guests, uh, most of the guests that have been on the podcast. And the answer is usually a good talking point normally. Okay. Um, what is the biggest misperception that people would have about you, and what is the truth? About me personally? Yeah. Well, I don't. people don't know me, so... Or do they? Or do they? Oh Lord, I don't. I don't know what the biggest misconception about me. What a introspective question. After all the other questions have been so after fact about based, gophers and They're not even kind of ready for that. <laughs> like I, I, I reframe it as you know, quite often when you meet someone for the first time, they think they thought you were going to be a certain way, or they they were like, "Well, I heard this or whatever," and then you're like, "Well, in reality, I'm I'm actually this way." Probably a lot more quiet than people expect. I don't say a lot, really, if I'm social. I'm really uncomfortable socially. Right. I really don't know how to... I'm really... Yeah. I'm really just by myself, dude. I think that surprises people in general about comedians. I think you're a bit like that, too, aren't you? Yeah, I find... I can be, you know, social or whatever, but I like my alone time. And I like, like, just being in my own head quite a bit. And I've learned that that's a good thing for comedy. (laughs) But I think sometimes people are alarmed by it. Like, they expect you to be on, and then they expect you to be this bigger personality. That's the worst. expect you to be funny afterwards. I'm not funny in a group of people. 
No. Do you know I mean, I'm specifically funny with where I'm funny. Yes. I'm not that fun afterwards. I've built an act. Yeah. And also, I don't think they realize, like, after you perform, like, that took a certain level of concentration, a certain level of energy. It's, it's all heightened you. When you get off, like, I don't need that, um, that attention anymore. Yeah. Like, I just got to stand up on an elevated stage with spotlights on me with a microphone, and I'm the only person who talks. Yeah. And I've pre-rehearsed all this stuff. Yes. I know this is funny. Yes. I don't need the attention afterwards, but I feel like they, they, don't, they don't bridge that gap. They still think you're that guy, and I'm like... You know, I'm still, I try to be nice to people and stuff, but yeah. I do like alone time a lot. And to be fair, some people are that dude. Some people soak that up and some people are still really funny afterwards. Yes. Like some people are that funny dude. But yeah, like yeah. I'm not naturally just, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, I actually got some inspiration from you. You don't know this, uh, but uh, I remember seeing you at a festival once at the Halifax Festival. It's probably, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Probably five years ago, maybe. Maybe even longer. Yep. Maybe even longer. But it was like uh, after the show and everybody was going to the party. And I saw you going through there. I was like, hey, man, you go to the party? And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just going to go back to the room. I was like, I never thought that you could just do that. <laughs> I never, it, like, it never crossed. I just felt I had to go to all this horse shit. Right, And right. from that point on, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to go to the room because there's nobody to meet. Like, there's no, you know I mean? There's no deals being made at these after parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of us at a Moxie's eating the free food and then leaving when it's done. <laughs> And it makes me really anxious and it makes me really sad to be at those after parties. Right. And I saw you do that one time. I was like, I'm, that's amazing. I'm going to do that every time now. Yeah. I just do what I'm in the mood to do. Yeah. It's perfect. And if I'm like, oh, I know some people and it'll be cool and fun. But if I'm like, I'm tired and I'd like to go upstairs and order a pizza and sit by myself and just be whatever. Yeah. I do that too. I think before I thought I had to play the game like, oh, well, you got to be there. And if you're not there, you're noticed. No one notices that you weren't Nobody, there. Even kind no of. one gives a shit. It's even like, kind of, dude. And that, that blew like that inspired me. So I thank you for that. I've <laughs> been holding on to that for years. I've never told you that, but that's really that really inspired me one time. Welcome to Lessons in Being Antisocial, Trevor McClellan's <laughs> new podcast. Tired of people? Like to be just alone by yourself? Well, follow these five easy steps. <laughs> but the other option is to be down there and everybody's being like, ah, oh, you're down here networking. I'm like, I know all of you. I see you all every day. I don't expect anything from any of you. The I, only I, person who has anything is the person who booked this festival. <laughs> who I'm already in with because I'm at the festival. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is you see people at these events sometimes, and, and I appreciate their work ethic, and I understand where they're coming from, like networking hard. Like, they're like, they think the next hand they shake is going to change stuff, and you realize after you've been through the wheel a few times, you're like, yeah, you're trying way too hard. You just yep. need to relax and just, like, just be normal. And it doesn't, like, deals don't work that way anymore. Deals no. used to work that way from what I hear. You know what I mean? You go yep. to Just for Laughs and there's people giving out deals. Like, yep. a deal. Here's a development deal. But that doesn't... No. You might meet a person you can start a relationship with and then you can email them a thousand things and yeah. get somewhere, but... Maybe you meet a booker and she's like, oh, send me a clip and it starts a, you know, a conversation back and forth over the course of the next six months. Yeah. But you're not getting booked the next day at whatever. But I think you need to learn all that, I think. You need to go to these things and learn that that's how it actually works, how the yeah. machine works. So now I'm just like, well, what am I in the mood to do? Well, I'm really tired. I'd like to go to bed. Well, why don't you do that then? Yeah, you'll feel better tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. I got another show tomorrow. I'm like, well, maybe tomorrow night I'll have a few. But like, I just kind of listen to my own body now. I don't really uh, feel the pressure <laughs> to go to. That always kills me on the second day of a festival when you go to the second show and people are like, oh, I'm so hungover. And you'd be like, why didn't you? You, you got to work. You've got three more days of shows. What it's are like, you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. Like, and that's that comedian sensibility. I think sometimes you you a lot of people like we're coming up and struggling, and so. 
free drinks and free yeah. food. Like I gotta be there. And then you realize like, no, I can buy my own drinks or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can buy my own pizza upstairs. I don't need it. Yeah, and I, I don't come that, I'm not saying that from a bragging perspective. I'm just saying like, no, as an adult, as you grow up, you realize like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll I sacrifice. Need... I don't have the money, but I'll spend the money to yeah. not have to stand around this cold pizza that I don't even like yeah. just to eat free sustenance. So I can probably get the flu off one of you who didn't wash your hands <laughs> after you used the bathroom. Uh, I'll be upstairs and I'll see you guys at the bus tomorrow morning. <laughs> Shuttle. Probably the one who's up early and feeling all right. <laughs> exactly. Actually, it was productive today. Uh, well, dude, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, all the best going forward, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll be on another show together at some point down the road. Yeah, hopefully it won't be five years till I see you again. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> be good. <laughs> hey, buddy, thanks for having me. That's it. That's the full conversation now with Mr. Peter White. Huh? That was a good one. Really enjoyed that. And uh, great to catch up with Peter again. I mean, who knows when I'll see him again. That's how it works in this whole comedy business. Might go another five, ten years without running into that guy, you know? So you try and grab these people when you can. And um, really glad I did and get, get a chance to to uh, to find out what he'd been up to and what was, you know, some some of the inside details as to where he was and why he went where he went and those things so i was really really grateful that we could uh, we get together and catch up um thanks to all those folks out there listening to the podcast really really means the world to me uh i know a lot of folks have been going back and listening to old episodes i think we're close to 40 episodes there now that i wrote there in the world so uh feel free to go back and check some of those out there's a bunch uh, obviously with comedians but there's some there with former pro athletes and um People who, you know, there's journalists in there. There are musicians in there. So, um, yeah, go on and take a look through the old back catalog there, if you will, and and uh, find something that interests you and, uh, and have a listen. I'd really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm happen to have, hoping to have some tour dates sorted out here pretty quick and hope to have an announcement there on social media real quick on uh, Facebook and Instagram and my other social media platform. You can find me on there. Give me a a follow if you want to and uh yeah hope you guys have a fantastic week and i will uh see you next week on the generators